This morning's reading is from John, chapter 4, verses 1 to 26. Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Amen. Thank you for that, Sue. Good morning. We're just starting a new series called Discover Jesus. 
We're going to have a look at the lives of people that met Jesus 2,000 years ago and learn from them who he was and what he had to offer each one of us. It's going to be an opportunity for you to discover the real Jesus for yourself. The story that Sue has just read, I think, is really interesting. Because if I was John, it was the last story I would have chosen to include. People were looking for an opportunity to discredit Jesus. So why would you include a story where he met a dubious woman from the wrong side of the tracks, from a nation that you didn't trust, one-to-one, having sent his disciples away. Why would you record that? You can imagine what the gossip would have said. But John included it because she was absolutely the last person God would be interested in. And that's why it's such a valuable story for us to look at this morning. So why was this woman so unacceptable? Well, the first thing we learned was that she is a Samaritan. Now, that may not mean much to many of you, but to a Jew in first century Palestine, the Samaritans were beyond the pale. After King Solomon had died, both the nation of Israel and Judea went into decline. The worst of the two was the northern kingdom, which became Samaria. They intermarried. They started worshipping other gods. They compromised. They eventually went into exile. Later on, the southern kingdom, Judea, also was taken into exile. But when they came back to Jerusalem, it was the Samaritans who undermined them. It was the Samaritans that made it hard to rebuild the walls. They'd even started to worship God in a place other than Jerusalem. Their brothers and sisters had walked away from God. It had even got to the point where Jews used to travel around Samaria to get to Galilee because it was safer, because they could be attacked. So this is, the last, this is a person from the last nation you'd expect to be acceptable to God. They'd rejected him. They'd compromised him. They'd led people astray. So what does Jesus have to say to someone like this? He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What is living water? It's the Holy Spirit. It's God's presence indwelling in you. Jesus was offering this to that Samaritan woman. He was offering her eternal life. This person who was beyond the pale from a nation that had rejected God. Do you know people like that? People for whom they would be the last people on earth you'd want in this church building. The people you would cross the street. The people you ignore. 
Do you know what Jesus says to those people? If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you know you're unacceptable to God. Maybe you feel that you're not the person that God would want to have any interest in. Well, can I reassure you, because he says to you too, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. The second thing we learn is the obvious. She's female. She's a woman. Now, in those days, women were very much second-class citizens. They had very few rights. Their evidence didn't count for much in a court of law. They were treated pretty much like property. Could be divorced at the whim of their husband. And if you were a devout Jew, if you were a teacher like Jesus, the received wisdom was that you should not talk with a woman on the street. Not even if they're your wife, because you want to avoid gossip or any misunderstanding. It was actually forbidden to give a woman a greeting in public. So the logical thing was for Jesus to speak to the local village leader in Samaria. Or perhaps one of the priests. Or at least a man. But no, he chose to speak to a Samaritan woman. Jesus made that offer if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That offer of living water he gave to that Samaritan woman. What that tells me is that offer is for whatever gender you are, whatever ethnicity you are, whatever sexual orientation or how you identify yourself. Jesus makes the offer of living water to you. The other thing we find out about this woman is that she has a past and a present. Today I think we'd be much more compassionate about this woman and her situation. So many partners are not married to the last one which was totally unacceptable in those days. Now, it wasn't uncommon for a woman to be divorced or for a partner to die and then remarry. It was probably the best option, but two or three times was probably the limit to what was acceptable. The fact that she'd had so much, so many partners probably indicated that there was something wrong with her, perhaps that she was promiscuous. Maybe that she was being punished by God for sins in her life. How do we know this? Well, she was out in the heat of the day, on her own, collecting water. The women went out in the early part of the day, or in the later part of the day when it was cooler. 
They went out together. It was a social event. But she wasn't part of that social circle. She went out on her own. The society would say who she was and her lifestyle was unacceptable. But Jesus said to this woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Do you believe you're not good enough for God? That you need to get yourself sorted before you become a Christian, before you ask for that living water? Shall we check out the preconditions in that verse? Notice he didn't say, when this woman gets married, she can have living water. When this woman leaves her partner, she can get living water. And know what I'm offering and ask. Now don't get me wrong. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, things will change. That's why you want living water. You recognize things need to change in your life. When I became a Christian, I told one or two friends at the church I went to that I'd become a Christian, but I didn't tell any of my colleagues and friends at college. It was the reason I got baptized, because it was my way of telling them that I'd become a Christian and inviting them along. Interestingly enough, several of them said they knew something had happened because I changed. Because when God's Holy Spirit comes into you, you will change. But you don't have to change before you receive the Holy Spirit, before you receive living water. She'd had a tough life, hadn't she? Six husbands says something about her life, about her disappointment and her pain. I'm sure when she was growing up, she dreamed of a loving husband. A big family, lots of children. A secure old age. But she had none of these. Living with a man was probably her least worst option. I'll leave you to guess what the other options might have been for a single woman at that time without a family to support her. She was probably very lonely. She'd had very few friends. I'm sure she asked many a time, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why am I cursed? What have I done wrong? Why me? But God did care. He took time to find her at the well and to speak into her life. He said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The other thing about women was that they didn't get much of an education in those days, certainly not a religious education. Typically they were taught by their mothers with a primary focus about making sure that they were a good wife. 
which is not surprising why she struggled with some of the concepts that Jesus talked to her about. In fact, if you read the Bible, lots of people struggled with some of the things that Jesus said. She didn't quite comprehend what he meant by living water, did you? But there was something about what he said that really attracted her. There's something about what he said really drew her in. She also worked out, didn't she, that Jesus was probably a prophet because of how he spoke into her life, how he talked to her about who she was. But she wasn't quite sure, was she? Which is why she said to him, I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain everything to me. And then interestingly, the next phrase is probably my favorite phrase in this passage. Then Jesus responds to her clearly. I, the one speaking to you, I am he. The clearest revelation of his messiahship in the Gospels. No pictures, no concepts, just a straight answer. And what then happened? Suddenly she knew. This woman that snuck out to the well in the heat of the day turned and ran to the village to tell everybody. Something clearly had changed in her. I'm sure she didn't understand the theology of everything that had happened to her. But she knew God had come and met her in that place. And that's the same for each one of us. We do not need to understand everything. You do not have to have perfect theology. In fact, when I made my commitment, I thought that one of the reasons I could become a Christian was because I was as good as the other, Christian, as the other people I knew who were Christians. I was good enough for God. I learned through the grace of the Holy Spirit that actually that was wrong. But that didn't stop me meeting God where he was. That didn't stop me receiving living water. The Holy Spirit, when he comes to dwell with you, will help you with that understanding. Now, many of you here will say, well, this is all well and good, but I'm already a Christian. But I'd rather like some of that living water for myself too. Maybe you're struggling with your faith through the pandemic. Maybe you're feeling a little bit lukewarm about this God stuff. Maybe you're not even sure that you believe now. The first thing I want to say is just be honest where you are with yourself, with God. It's good to be honest. I'm not going to try and diagnose why you feel that way. It may be that some of the elements of the Samaritan's woman resonate with you. Maybe you've got doubts. Maybe there are things in your life that you know that God wouldn't be happy with. Or possibly that life's thrown you a couple of nasty curveballs recently and you're reeling. John also wrote a letter to uh, seven churches following a vision he had of Jesus. It's included in the book of Revelation. And he writes to a church at Laodicea. Now the words in that letter are quite hard to read, especially if you're feeling lukewarm about your faith. 
But he says something really encouraging, which is almost the same thing that he said to that Samaritan woman. He said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Remember, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to a church. That offer is for you. And what is living water? It's the Holy Spirit. And how does Jesus come in and sit and eat with you? It's through the Holy Spirit coming into your life. You're not asking like the woman. You're opening the door and inviting him in. So that gift of living water is for you as well. I think you've probably guessed what the key verse in my sermon is. It's verse 10. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. There are three conditions in that verse. The first one is if you know what is on offer. Jesus is offering you the Holy Spirit. He's offering to be present with you in your life. He's offering to walk with you in your life. He's offering you eternal life. The second thing is know who is offering that gift. That's Jesus, God's Son. And the final condition, you've got to want it. You've got to ask for it. You've got to open the door and invite him in. So what next? Do you want this gift of living water and eternal life? Can I encourage you to ask for it? Do it now. Do it in the next song. Do it in the choir after the service. If you need someone to pray with you, speak to the person next to you. But do it today. Ask him and he will give you living water. Now, some of you might be a little unsure about this stuff. You know, I'm not quite sure what this living water, this Holy Spirit stuff means. And I'm still thinking about Jesus and whether he is who he claimed to be. Well, can I encourage you to come on a journey with us? We've just started a series called Discover Jesus. Join us on the, in person on the next few Sunday mornings and discover with us more about Jesus and what he offers. Join us online. Or if you can't make a Sunday, why not catch up on YouTube? The services are all there for you to pick up. So in closing, Jesus encourages us through this encounter with the Samaritan woman to come now as we are. 
please remember, it's not about your past. It's not about what you have or you haven't done. It's not about who you are or how life has treated you. Jesus says, remember, it's all about me. It's about who I am and what I have already done for you. So I want to leave you with this question. Are you ready to receive the gift of living water and eternal life?